Welcome to the Evolve Workplace Wellbeing Podcast. This podcast is part of a toolkit of free, evidence-informed workplace wellbeing resources provided by the Workplace Wellbeing Research Team at the University of East Anglia in the UK. You can find the resources on www.evolveworkplacewellbeing.org. Hi, I'm Dr Helen Fitzhugh of the Workplace Wellbeing Research Team at the University of East Anglia. In today's podcast, I'm speaking with Chloe Jepps from CMI, that's the Chartered Management Institute, about evidence on the importance of managers to wellbeing and retention, amongst other things. Chloe, thank you for joining us. Would you mind introducing yourself and how your role at CMI is related to workplace wellbeing? Of course. Thanks for having me, Helen. Um, So my name's Chloe. I'm the head of research at CMI. So I am responsible for all of the research outputs um, from CMI. And um, whether that be our large scale projects like the Better Managers campaign that we did last year or our monthly managers voice polls that we do with our managers across a range of different topics, um, looking at how different things, whether it be things going on in um, the wider environment or things in the workplace and how that affects well-being, productivity um, and other things. Um, So there's a whole host of research that we do uh, across a range of different topics. Great, I'm looking forward to hearing about it. Could you tell us a little about your recent research report? Yes, of course. So um, last summer we um, launched the Better Managers campaign And this was in response to several um, issues arising in UK businesses around accusations of toxic workplaces and scandals. And we felt it was a really poignant time to release this campaign. And the research formed a big part of this. Um, So as part of that, we spoke to over four and a half thousand managers and workers um, across UK businesses to really understand the impacts of good management, but also bad management um, and how that can really affect UK businesses, the wider economy. And it really showed the damage that having unskilled Uh, managers can have on employee well-being but also business performance Uh, and there were some very hard-hitting statistics that came out of it and some key messages that we've been sharing across our channels um, with the wider environment. Great. Um, I think that listeners can download that report free from your website, but we're going to try and give them a bit of uh, an oversight of some of the most important things you learned from that report now, aren't we? So um, could you tell me a little bit about yeah, what came out? Yes, of course. I think one of the most startling statistics was that 82% of our managers in the UK become managers with no training whatsoever, so no formal management training. So they're, they're starting the job without the tools to be able to succeed in that job. And there were huge discrepancies in terms of um, workers who rated their managers as effective or ineffective. For example, workers that rated their managers as ineffective were significantly more likely to be dissatisfied in their role, to not feel motivated at work, and half of them were expecting to leave within the next 12 months. So it's having an impact on retention as well. Um, A third of workers and managers also told us that they previously left workplaces because of toxic environments and bad relationships with their manager. Um, So it is really startling the impact that a good manager can have 
and the devastating impact that having a bad manager can have, whether that be on well-being, whether that be on wanting to stay at the organisation um, and general productivity as well and meeting the business objectives. So what are some of the most important things you learned from that report? I was speaking about the ineffective versus effective managers. Only a quarter of people actually rated their managers as highly effective, which is a very small proportion. So there's there's definitely a long way for us to go in terms of making sure that our managers are the best they can be to support their workers in the workplace. Um, We also saw some differences between um, men and women. Um, So male managers are more likely to say that they had already learned enough about management, um, whereas women were much more um, likely to say that there was a a lot of room for improvement. Um, And there were some some shocking statistics um, looking at the difference in ethnicity. So 81% of managers from white backgrounds are more likely to say their manager treats them fairly and with respect compared to 70% of those from non um, white backgrounds. So there's also um, issues there around diversity that are coming out from the research. And another key thing that came through was that management training is really an insurance policy against a toxic workplace culture. Mm. So managers had formal training, they were significantly more likely to have reported concerns or, or wrongdoing than those who hadn't undergone formal training. So they're calling out that behaviour, they're making sure um, that behaviour is stopped and sorted and investigated, um, much more likely to do so than those who haven't had that formal training. So as you can see, there's a whole range of different statistics and that there's a lot more in the report that's available on the website as well. That's great. Thank you. And I think the gender and ethnicity findings that you've just shared are really important as well, because we're in organisations at the moment that are looking to improve their diversity, equality and inclusion and may not even have thought to think about their their line managers and their impact on that often it's in other ways and processes and recruitment etc etc so I think shining a spotlight on how line management affects that is really important too. Yes and and it's interesting you say that because we are just uh, analysing the data from a piece of research that we're doing around um, equality diversity and inclusion uh, and the role of management behaviours and senior management behaviour in workplace well-being and and the um, feeling of inclusivity at work. So that will be published later um, this year, but um, just wanted to add that in there. Oh, no, that's great. And and maybe you can come back and share that with us at the time. (laughs) Yes, that'd be great. Thank you. Mm. And you mentioned that a lot of these people were what we sometimes call accidental managers. So people who haven't had the training and in fact maybe just good at their job and that's why they were promoted but then they have this whole other raft of people work to do um so if they need some training as we think they do from your report do you at cmi have evidence on what works with regard to kind of improving manager capability 
Absolutely. There's a consistent strong link between highly trained managers and more effective organisations. Um, they're more likely to call out bad behaviour. They're more likely to report wrongdoing. Uh, they're also more likely to do things like asking their employees for feedback, simple things like that, um, trusting their team to do their work uh, with minimal supervision and also supporting their development. And all of these things, as you said, people get promoted into managerial roles because they're good at what they do. But being a manager is a skill set in itself that needs the training to be able to perform it to the best of its abilities. And we see that from the research again that 72% of people with an effective manager felt valued and supported at work and this drops to 15% for those who have an ineffective manager. It makes a huge difference and there's a whole load of studies out there um, that show this link between um, good management and productivity and well-being. And, and just as an example, um, analysis of the World Management Survey attributed half of the productivity gap to bad management. Mm-hmm. It is really having an impact and just having um, that training, that formal accredited management training that can give you the tools and skills um, that you need to perform as an effective manager can have a whole host of different um, consequences, positive consequences across the business. Mm, it really highlights the importance of, I think, interpersonal skills, which sometimes people um, sort of poo-poo as soft or something that isn't business, you know, business oriented. But actually, in our research as well on workplace well-being, we can see there's nothing more valuable than someone who's able to have you know, difficult conversations in a supportive manner, be able to give and receive feedback in a supportive manner. Um, All of those things actually kind of um, grease the wheels of how an organisation works rather than being something that is uh, soft or or to the side. It's kind of fundamental to to making sure you're managing your people well. Absolutely. And without your people, you don't have an organisation. They're so crucial. to the performance of your organisation, they're the backbone of it and uh, keeping them motivated, focused, um, engaged are crucial elements to your business succeeding at the end of the day. Mm. And I think with managers, we've talked about those who might be kind of resistant to the idea of training. Oh, I just, you know, I just get on with it kind of thing. But are there people who kind of know that they need something Um, but find it a challenge to either get that training or make that change for some reason. How do you interact with those at CMI? So I think you're right. I think management skills aren't prioritised by a lot of businesses still uh, or taken seriously. Uh, And I say businesses, but also uh, at at the government level, we we did a poll with Savanta last year that showed that uh, less than a third of MPs think that improving the quality of management and leadership should be a high priority over the coming year. Um, So if the people at the top aren't seeing it as a priority, it's really hard to then invest in in these things and actually prioritise um management and leadership training so it's often forgotten about almost um and i think the 82 percent of accidental managers speak for itself it's clearly not a priority uh, whereas the research really shows that it should be um and another challenge could be lack of funding but we again have evidence showing that investing in your management and leadership can have 
a huge impact on the bottom line. So we did some research with Oxford Economics uh, looking at chartered managers. So that's um, through the CMI, you can become a chartered manager. Um, and it shows that chartered managers boost their businesses revenue by 62K a year. Um, so I feel like it's an initial investment in the training, um, but employers are failing to see the long term economic benefit of having effective managers and leaders. Mm, that's a really important point, I think, because it's about um, understanding how much that training will pay itself back again and again over time. <laughs> And also what I was saying before about retention rates, it's expensive to recruit um, new employees. If you're able to retain um, your good existing employees, then that's another cost saving and managers play a huge role in that as well. Mm. And I suppose we've been talking, obviously on this podcast, we're really interested in workplace well-being, but it ties so much into kind of performance and productivity, as you've said. So you kind of get the whole package there if you're improving line managers. Exactly. And happy, um, motivated workers perform better. So mm. they're all interlinked. So productivity, well-being, I think, is incredibly um, interlinked. Mm. So apart from understanding the long term um, impact of, of good management training, is there anything else you think organisations could do to overcome challenges with regard to line managers and, and improving the quality of line management? I think focusing on it uh, in the first instance is is crucial and making sure that they are getting the right training. Mm. I think a lot of um, organisations um, opt for shorter um, bite-sized courses mm. um, because they're cheaper and, and quicker to administer. But really the benefit comes from those longer, more in-depth accredited programmes where you're really getting under the skin of these things. Um, mm. So in the first instance doing the training in the second instance uh, making sure that training is um, robust um, and also making sure that people aren't coming into these positions um, without training without the preparation you, you wouldn't start a job in any other field without the relevant training so why why managers why can managers become managers without being given the support and the tools they need. Mm. I suppose there's something there about recruitment criteria as well, that when you are selecting people for either for promotion or to, to fill a managerial role, having the right criteria in there to understand if they have the skills to do the people management aspect of it, not just the, the kind of task that their team is set out to do. Yeah, and, and so often... Um, in recruitment, job adverts focus on those technical skills rather than the managerial skills, the leadership skills um, that are required um, at that position. So, I mean, that's a really enlightening piece of research and you got quite a lot of media coverage for it, didn't you? Did you have any interesting reactions to it from, from people out in the world of work? We did. We, we, we got a lot of media coverage, uh, which was great to get that message out there. Um, and there was an overwhelming sense of support of people saying, yes, I recognise this in my organisation. Yes, I am an accidental manager. Uh, and 
there seems to be a real hunger for people for for more support um in terms of knowing what the right things to do are knowing how that people can improve their skills um so there really was a very positive um feeling around the the data and the research and we are continuing to do research around these areas and we hope to continue that um, momentum of people starting to shine the lens on management and leadership and the importance of it uh, in employee well-being and uh, business success. What have you got going on at the moment that in terms of research? So we've got quite a few things actually. Um, so we've recently done a piece of research around insecure work um, with the Work Foundation. So that was looking at uh, the experiences of those who are in insecure jobs. So whether that be temporary contracts or zero hour contracts. Um, and it was really interesting. I mean, again, on the wellbeing point, we found that those in insecure work who felt that they were treated well by their managers were 7.5 times more likely to be satisfied with their job. Mm. Um, and there were a host of other really interesting statistics and findings that came from that research. And in fact, we've um, developed an employer guide um, with recommendations of how they can support their leaders and their managers um, who work with people in insecure work. And that was actually published last week. So that is also available um, on our website um, to download. Um, other things, so we've done some uh, quite a lot of uh, research in the public sector. So looking at um, healthcare, education and local government specifically. And again, looking at the state of management and leadership. And that's shown some really interesting things around lack of motivation and uh, managers struggling with those sorts of areas um, in terms of how they are um, managing their workforce. So lots of areas, again, where there are big areas for improvement um, in terms of the management and leadership skills in these sectors. Um, and then, as I said at the beginning, we do our managers voice poll every month. Mm. Um so we, we speak to over a thousand of our managers on a monthly basis on a range of different topics. And just as a flavour, um, over the last year, we've looked at things like how employers are supporting workplace wellbeing, sort of what initiatives are they putting in place? Um, mental health is always a big topic. Um, how are people feeling at work, their stress levels? Um, also, more recently, we've looked at things like the right to disconnect from work. So. Mm -hmm. Are employers allowing their, their staff to switch off or are they always on? Um, and also working hours are people being overworked <laughs> and not mm. having that time um, to wind down and focus on work-life balance, basically. So there's a whole range of things going on um, and we, we are always looking to understand um, managers, leaders and how they can be best supported across the UK and internationally. Mm, that's great. Do you have any feedback on how people are using this research? Because one of the points of this this podcast is to make sure that people understand the value of research to, to practice. Yes, so um, in the example of the insecure work, so we've created the employer guide. So where possible, um, 
obviously it's great to get coverage and get the message out there in the media but we do look to try and make those practical resources um, that we can share with managers and leaders share with our partners as well um, so wherever the possible we are trying to use the research to inform practice um, to make sure that it's being used rather mm. than just something that's interesting um, so we work very closely with our content teams and our um, product teams to make sure that it's getting translated in the right way. Mm. Thank you. Um, so to wrap up, if the listener only takes one message from this podcast, hopefully they'll take more. But <laughs> if they only take one message, what would you want it to be? I think that ensuring you have well-trained, effective managers is not just crucial for your business to perform well, um, but also it leads to a happier, more productive workforce who are more likely to stay ultimately. Um, so that would be my my key takeaway from this. Great. Thank you very much. Um, that's been really interesting. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. No problem. Thank you for having me. please do visit www.evolveworkplacewellbeing.org. We look forward to seeing you next time.